Thanks for joining us. You're listening to Living Fountains with Pastor Jim Stewart of Calvary Chapel, Kansas City. Today, our study is in the book of 2 Samuel. If you're in a place where you can grab your Bible and follow along with us, we invite you to do so. And if you'd like more information on Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, you can visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. Now, let's join Pastor Jim for today's study. Now, it was so. While there was war between the house of Saul and the house of David, that Abner was strengthening his hold on the house of Saul. So he's kind of gaining more and more rule, kind of, so to speak. And Saul had a concubine whose name was Rizpah, uh, the daughter of Ai. So Ishbosheth said to Abner, Why have you gone into my father's concubine? Now, Ishbosheth is saying, Dude, is that what you're doing, Abner? I mean, you're going into my dad's concubines. Like, man, that's like, because it's like showing this tremendous disdain for the person who was in rule and showing that you have now power over it. it it's, a, it's a power move like type thing. And so this is what he had done. Now, then Abner became very angry with the words of Ishbosheth, and he said, Am I, this is Abner's response to Ishbosheth's statement about him doing this with his dad's concubine. Am I a dog, a dog's head that belongs to Judah? Today I show loyalty to the house of Saul, your father, to his brothers and to his friends, and have not delivered you into the hand of David. And you charge me today with with a fault concerning this woman? Now, the interesting thing is, so Abner starts out and he gets kind of caught up. Could be the family issues, why he stays with, you know, because he's cousin of Saul, you know, because of the, the worry of, you know, how this is going to play out if he actually yields and goes with David. But he starts not only doing foolish things, and you saw the warring and, and the killing people and all the stuff that goes on that's just foolishness. I, again, a lot of us can reflect some of the conversations and, and the, the horrible things we've said to some people you know, regarding God and how we want nothing to do with it or something when we weren't walking with God. I I remember horrible things that I I used to say to people and family members even, you know, and just wanting nothing to do with it. But then not only that, but look at his moral fiber starts to even decay in the midst of it. Now he's doing things that he just knows he shouldn't be doing, but he does it anyway. And now ultimately he's talking to his leader, right? The present king that he helped to kind of get put into rule. He says, I show loyalty to the house of Saul, your father, to his brothers, to his friends, and have not delivered you into the hand of David, and you charge me today with a fault concerning this woman. Now, check this out. Ultimately, Abner is at this point, just in the flesh mode, he's in this point where he's warring against God's anointing, against God's purpose and plan in David, right? Just like us repelling Jesus, repelling God from having a place in our lives. He's doing that. And now he's finally at the point. He's hit this bottom of the bucket with all this. He's done this thing that really has exposed just horrible moral fiber even and everything. And then he turns back with disdain, really, and disgust for his leader the person that he's supposedly following in all of this. I don't know about you, but I, again, remember the time in giving my, just, just before I'm giving my life back to the Lord, 
and I'm reflecting, and I, because I'm starting to see Satan for who he really is, and I'm starting to have disgust and disdain for the path that I've been encouraged to go down because it's actually ruining my life. I, it was, there was no satisfaction. I was always empty. It all seemed good on the outside, but on the inside, I'm, I'm just spinning out. I'm disgusted with everything. I'm, I, become, I had become everything I never really wanted to be as far as you know, certain aspects deep inside of myself. And it happens. It just, it's, it's, it's common. This is what happens. And then, ultimately, you see the enemy for the one who's really been deceiving you in all this stuff pulling you away from God, and you've been deceived this time. And you just kind of think, man, I'm, this isn't right. So this is his response. He says, may God do so to Abner, and more also, if I do not do for David as the Lord has sworn to him, to transfer the kingdom from the house of Saul and to set up the throne of David over Israel and over Judah from Dan to Beersheba, and he could not answer Abner another word because he feared him. Basically, Abner turns. He says, you know what? That's it. I've had enough. I'm going to go follow David. This is 9, 10, and 11 is Abner's repentance point where he, he gets to the point where he realizes, you know what? I've got to make a stand for something. I've got, I've got to stand for something. This other stuff, I'm, I'm just following after this other stuff. I'm not standing up for the right things. I'm standing up for the wrong things. And he's, I'm going to turn to God. I like this. To transfer the kingdom from, from the house of Saul and to set up the throne of David. Man, he said, I'm, I'm going to do what I can to shift and put a shift in the tide of what's going on. You see, I believe this for an individual's life. I believe that for one individual's life, that we can turn and start to follow. I believe that for an individual. I believe that for a family. I believe that for a family unit. That if, if a, a, a parent or a father or a mother, and sometimes it can be a son or a daughter, but someone in that family turns and really sees God for who God is, it can make an impact, a lasting impact on that whole family. I believe not only on a family, I, can believe, I believe that that impacts an extended family. I not only believe that it impacts an extended family, I believe that that impacts a community. I believe that that impacts a region, an area, and I believe that can impact a country. I believe not only can that impact a country, but it can impact the world. I really believe that. I believe that if people really believe and are going to follow God and are going to turn and start to follow Jesus Christ, I really believe it changes not only them, but it changes other people around them in the process. I really, I've watched this over and over and over again. There aren't just token Christians in families. God doesn't do it that way. God places us in this place where if we respond to him, God will use that for good. You see, every one of us can influence people either for a negative thing, something that's going to be destructive, or we can impact people for something positive, something in the Lord that is fruitful and good. We can, we can be persuasive one way or the other. And it's choose ye this day whom you will serve. You know, this is what Joshua said, and as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He knew the power of that that it impacts and has a change, and it's just a powerful change that can take place. But we cannot relent. We can't give up or, or slow down in that process. We've got to stay the course with it. I love what this does here is he stays that course. If you turn with me in a New Testament side of this, Colossians, 
chapter 1, the first chapter of Colossians, talks about the same exact truth that takes place that we just read about. Paul mentions it in chapter 1, verse 13. Speaking of Jesus, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed, or you'll notice in your margin notes, it'll say transferred. Same word, same concept, same meaning, root meaning of it. And conveyed or transferred us into the kingdom of the son of his love. Isn't that radical? That same concept of what he's saying, I'm going to transfer the kingdom from the house of Saul and set up the throne of David. He says that that, that kind of a transfer is what takes place. And in Colossians, that same concept is put forth for us. That turning to God, that transfer that takes. You remember how we've talked about this. I really believe this to be true. I, I believe there is an actual transaction that happens in the spirit realm when we give our lives to Jesus Christ. I really believe that there's this transaction that takes place. That there's, and I am saying, yes, I want the blood of the cross, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, to be appropriated on the doorpost and lentils of my heart. I want that blood to cover me for my sin because without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. There's no forgiveness of sin. I want God's forgiveness. And so I'm gonna say, yes, I want that appropriated. And I go on record between me and God. I go on record saying, yes, God, I want that for my life. I know that I'm, because in order to recognize, I gotta recognize that I'm a sinner before God, that I need that done. So I acknowledge to God that I need that done. Then God appropriates that into on the doorposts and lentils of my heart. And the angel of death, in that sense, passes over. In other words, now I've got everlasting life. It's mine. It's yours. It's for all who would believe and call on the name of the Lord. And so that same concept of that transfer that takes place in the eternal realm, there's a transaction that takes place. And now I've been stamped with a seal, the seal of his spirit. So the, in, the, in the spirit realm, we, you and I that are believers, we're seen in the spirit realm as belonging to God. No longer belonging to the world, no longer belonging to others, but belonging to God powerful, powerful truth that took place. And then Abner sent messengers on his behalf to David saying, whose is the land? Saying also, make your covenant with me and indeed my hand shall be with you to bring all Israel to you. And David said, good, I will make a covenant with you. But one thing I require of you, you shall not see my face unless you first bring Michael, Saul's daughter, when you come to see my face. Remember, that was one of his wives. So David uh, sent messengers to Ishbosheth, Saul's son, saying, Give me my wife, Michael, whom I betrothed to myself for a hundred foreskins of the, of the Philistines. And Ishbosheth sent and took her from her husband from Pathiel and the son of Laish. Then her husband uh, went along with her to Burim. Uh, weeping behind her. So Abner said to him, go return. And he returned. Now Abner and, had communicated with the elders of Israel saying, in time past you were seeking for David to be king over you. Now then, do it. For the Lord has spoken of David saying, by the hand of my servant David, I will save my people Israel from the hand of the Philistines and from the hand of all their enemies. 
And Abner also spoke in the hearing of Benjamin. And then Abner also went to speak in the hearing of David in Hebron, all that seemed good to Israel and the whole house of Benjamin. So Abner and 20 men with him came to David in Hebron, and David made a feast for Abner and the men who were with him. Then Abner said to David, I will arise and go and gather all Israel to my lord, the king, that they may make a covenant with you and that you may reign over all your heart desires. So David sent Abner away, and he went in peace. Again, this is this, verse 17 is really a key verse. Abner had communicated with the elders of Israel, saying, in time past you were seeking for David to be king over you. And he says, now then, do it. For the Lord has spoken of David, saying, by the hand of my servant, he goes on and quotes back through what we know. It's just like us going to the Lord. We know that Jesus is to rule and reign, ultimately. And many of the people that we come in contact with, when we share with them the simple truth of God's word, and we communicate to them really God's heart, and how it really, how the gospel is for them, and how God is for them, and that God loves them, and that God has a purpose and a plan for them. Verse 17 and 18 become very, very important. Verse 18, when he says, now then, he says, you know what you're seeking, you know what you want, and he says, do it. I really like that. Again, we just talked about this uh, on uh, Sunday morning, how convenient for us. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, this, this exact same exact thought came up in uh, the second verse. In an acceptable time, I have heard you, and in the day of salvation, I have helped you. And he says, behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Those words there speaking specifically of an urgency or something that is immediate. So basically he's saying, do it. That's what he's saying. That's what Paul's saying here. Do it. Now is the acceptable time. You, don't, you aren't guaranteed tomorrow. I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. Today is that day to respond. Don't keep putting off. Don't keep putting off. Don't keep putting off to respond to the Lord. Now, I believe, brothers and sisters, that's applicable not only of initial repentance, but I think that can be very applicable to you and to me of wherever we're at in our walk, wherever we're at in listening and hearing from the Lord. That, man, if God's speaking something to our heart, we need to respond to him and do it. I love this about Abner. Abner, you know, ultimately it gets pretty, uh, it's, it's pretty rough what ends up happening. Let's go on just a little bit further and then we'll close out tonight. At that moment in verse 22, the servants of David and Joab came from a raid and brought much spoil with them. But Abner was not with David in Hebron, for he had sent him away and he had gone in peace. Now when Joab and all the troops that were with him had come, they told Joab saying, Abner, the son of Ner, came to the king, and he sent him away, and he has gone in peace. And Joab came to the king and said, What have you done? Look, Abner came to you. Why is it that you sent him away and that he has, has already gone? Now remember, Abner had killed some of Joab's relatives. And so there's this stuff stirring inside of, of Joab regarding that. Surely you realize that Abner, the son of Ner, came to deceive you, to know you're going out and you're coming in, and to know all that you are doing. And then Joab had gone from David's presence and sent messengers after Abner, who brought him back from the well of Syrah. But David 
did not know it. David doesn't know anything about what, what, um, what Joab's doing right now. Now, when Abner had returned to Hebron, Joab took him aside in the gate to speak with him privately, and there he stabbed him in the stomach so that he died for the blood of Ashel, his brother. So this is Joab's brother, Ashel. So now he's going to even it up, you know, kill him. Afterward, when David heard it, he said, My kingdom and I are guiltless before the Lord forever of the blood of Abner, the son of Ner. He says, you know what? I had nothing to do with this. I did not want this to go down this way. Abner came peacefully. Abner has, has chosen to do this, to yield to the things of God. You know, that, that's David's heart. David's heart's right in this. And he says, man, this, this is horrible. Let it rest on the head of Joab and on all his father's house. And let there never fail to be in the house of Joab one who has a discharge or as, is a leper, who leans on the staff or falls by the sword or lacks bread. So Joab and Abishai, his brother, killed Abner because he had killed their brother Ashel at Gibeon in the battle. Then David said to Joab and to all the people who were with him, Tear your clothes, gird yourselves with sackcloth, and mourn for Abner. And King David followed the coffin so that they buried Abner in Hebron. And the king lifted up his voice and wept at the grave of Abner. And all the people wept. And the king sang a lament uh, over Abner and said, Should Abner die as a fool dies? Your hands were not bound, nor your feet put in fetters. As a man falls before wicked men, so you fell. In other words, he, he died honorably is, is what he's trying to say. You know, he, well, he, wasn't, he wasn't the fool. He wasn't, you know, this, he, he died honorably. Then all the people wept over him again. And when all the people came to persuade David to eat food while it was still day, David took an oath saying, God do so to me and more also if I taste bread or anything else till the sun goes down. He says, man, I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to mourn and, and, and deal with it that way. And he's making a big statement. All the people took note of it, and it pleased them, since whatever the king did pleased all the people. For the people and all Israel understood that day that it had not been the king's intent to kill Abner, the son of Ner. And then the king said to his servants, do you know that a prince uh, and a great man has fallen this day, and I am weak today, though anointed king. And these men and the sons of Zariah are too harsh for me. The Lord shall repay uh, the evildoer according to his wickedness. So he's basically just saying, I had nothing to do with this. The people were behind him in it. It's a real bummer as Joab, you know, goes after Abner. Abner is responding favorably. But sometimes it's pretty pricey. But ultimately, thousands of people end up responding favorably and yield. Ultimately, this is where we're going to go later, not tonight. But ultimately, there's this yielding. There's a great harvest, so to speak, from that one turning point of Abner. Because all then of Israel then comes underneath, not just Judah, but Judah and all of the rest of Israel come underneath King David's rule. But it was because of that one turning point, that one point where it began, where someone was willing to say yes. I mean, I look back and I think of the, the friends and family and all these different people that I had the opportunity to lead to the Lord. And it's just because of a turning point that takes place in our lives as individuals. Many of us would attest to the same thing, of the things that have changed radically because God made a radical change in our lives. 
Stay with it. Keep praying for them. The battle's going to happen on our knees. It's not going to happen any other way. And it's going to happen when we show this kind of true display of humility and repentance. He says, man, we knew what was right to do as people. We knew David was to be anointed king. We knew it was to right. We know it's right in the sight of God, and we should turn back and follow the Lord, you know, and go with David. So it's really cool when you read through and you see the, the humility and the true repentance that Abner displayed. And then he goes back and he tells the people, you guys, let's do this. Let's turn away and do it. A lot of that's displayed by really, I think a lot of times it's displayed by truly the priorities that we show. What do I really show as a priority in my life? Is that time that I spend with the Lord really the priority? Is my following the Lord or our following the Lord as individuals seen clearly by our family members that that's really the priority? That doing what's right in the sight of the Lord, is that what my friends would see really as my priority? That that's what I'm pursuing is after the things of God? In other words, God's looking for people that will make a stand. You know, and I think Abner was a great example of that. He just stood up and despite all of that, and look at what the end result of it was, huh? Ended up, you know, getting killed for it. So it's not always going to be easy. You know, for us, as we choose to follow the Lord, it's not always going to be easy for you. It's not always going to be easy for me. I, I, I just pray that God would help us, that God would strengthen us. And, you know, we've got to pray for one another, that God would help us to be witnesses. You know, witnesses of Jesus Christ. I, do you, what is somebody just coming up and saying, well, you know, you're just a real sweet, lovely person. You know, I could care less. I really could care less if somebody thought that of me. I would rather have them say, man, it's really apparent that you have a real relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, if that's displayed in this other way too, great. But I don't care what somebody thinks of me. Oh, well, you're just a lovely person. What is that gonna do, you know? But the whole idea of that, there's no, what value of that is in the kingdom? That makes you feel good about you and me feel good about me, but it does nothing in the Lord. What really matters is if they say, man, you know what? I can really see that person's got it. There's been a radical change, and they've got a clear priority, and they're really following after the Lord. God's really seems to be the most important thing to them. I think, man, that makes a real stand and a real statement, and God will honor that, you guys. Just like God honored Abner, thousands of people's lives were radically changed because Abner stood up and did the right thing. He was in a place of influence. He was in a place of influence, and he stood up, and he did the right thing, man. Every one of us have a sphere of influence, people that we are around and engaged in contact with. How are we influencing them? Hi, this is Pastor Jim. Thanks for listening today. I know as God's word goes out, it accomplishes the purposes for which he sent it. And I know that sometimes we hear a message like today's message and the Lord really starts to tug on our hearts. And if God's tugging on your heart and you've not been walking with the Lord and you want to get close with the Lord or you want to start a new life with Jesus, it's just a simple prayer away. You know, Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You know, without the Lord, we're already perishing. We're perishing in our sin. We need a savior. We need help. And, you know, I I know you know that. I know you're hearing that. I know you're sensing that. 
And this is your opportunity to call out to the Lord and ask him to be your personal Lord and Savior. So I'm not talking about being religious. I'm talking about having a relationship, getting to know someone by introduction. And so this is an introduction. I want to introduce you to my friend Jesus, and he wants to make himself real to you. He loves you. He loves this world, and he loves you personally. He knows how many hairs you have on your head or how few you have. He knows what color they are. He knows the color of your eyes. He knows how tall you are. He knows everything about you. The Bible says that he loves you with a perfect love. And he wants you to believe on him and have everlasting life that you can spend all eternity with him. If you would, just pray this simple prayer of faith with me. Jesus, I want to open up my heart to you. Lord, I want to have everlasting life. I want to ask that you would forgive me of all my sin. I humble myself before you, Lord. I know I need you. I know that I've fallen short and sinned in many ways in many areas of my life. And so I ask that you would just come in and make my life new. I thank you for salvation. I thank you for everlasting life that now is mine in you. I ask that you'd fill me with your Holy Spirit, that I might walk with you and have life abundant. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed and received the Lord into your heart today, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us or another Bible teaching church in your area so you may be encouraged in your new journey. If you'd like more information about Living Fountains or Calvary Chapel, Kansas City, simply visit our website at calvarychapelkc.com. If you're in the Kansas City area and you'd like to join us for worship, the service times and directions can be found at calvarychapelkc.com. It's been great spending time with you today in God's Word, and we look forward to you joining us next time on Living Fountains.